everybody, I'm looking down at my bottom screen because I don't normally do the show. Well, I do the show. I'm just not usually in charge of it. I... You get the point, okay? Guys, today we have a special episode. Now, you know his name from chat. You know his name as the creative director because this guy has like 5,000 ideas a minute, which is not bad because one out of every 10 are good and then I claim they're my own. <laughs> normally how that goes. Yes, but this is not ghost-type ghost. I pointed the right direction. I had to make sure. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think I'm normally on the other side in the Discord call. Anyways, yeah, this person over here, this is not ghost-type ghost, a.k.a. Anna Mask. How you doing, friend? Great. How's everybody doing tonight? Uh, hoping this is a, a little bit of a change for people. Uh, we know ghost-type ghost would love to be here. He unfortunately slept on a machoke and suffocated. <laughs> so... We wish him the best and a speedy recovery, and we will see him next week. Yeah, you know, we just gotta, you know, send those uh, thoughts and pokey prayers, I guess. Um, dear Arceus above, please grant go. <laughs> he didn't want to actually be a ghost type. That's that, that, well, maybe he does. I don't know. We'll have to ask him how he feels. Does he want to actually be a ghost type? You know, I think I remember something about a Gengar and a Shuppet. I don't remember which one. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, as much as I love bug types, I would not want to be a bug type. That's, I feel so cursed if I be a bug type because A, Misty wouldn't like me, and B, uh, a lot of people just don't like bug types, so. <laughs> uh, but anyways, you guys, so we are going to go ahead, we're going to have our normal podcast with uh, more than normal, no, wait, a more than suitable replacement? I just want to use the word normal again. Uh, for the week, and the masks here, so. As you see, the layout clearly indicates that it's Animask. Just throwing that out there. Not Ghost Type Ghost. <laughs> so tonight, guys, uh, we have topics that I think I have the most fun with. Because I love free stuff. And I love ROM hacks. So tonight, we're going to be talking about distribution and freebies that go along with Pokemon games and, uh, you know, throughout the life, at the beginning of their life, you know, prom uh, promotional, uh, anything from official sources, not referring to myself, but uh, from official sources, giveaways and stuff like that. We're going to talk about ROM hacks, and then to close it off, we all love Pokemon, so we all have a kid inside, right? So what's better than kid shows in the Pokeverse? Exactly. I'm, Pokemon is a genre that now transcends two generations. Yeah. Please keep that in mind and look at it through the eyes of a child. And, you know, it's, it's what keeps me young, you know? Just that and <laughs> that and an energy drink every day. <laughs> Caffeine, my friend. Caffeine. <laughs> uh, but before we move on, Steel, there is no disrespect to Gail Angela. I love Gail Angela and I'm fuzzy. Thanks. I'm fuzzy already. Good job, camera. <laughs> But in November. Yeah, yes, yes, it's, it's, uh, my camera's doing no shave November. That's what it's doing. Uh, so while I focus, uh, let's get started. So we obviously have some new promos to talk about while I'm still fuzzy with Scarlet and Violet. So what promos have you seen? Like when they, when they say, Hey, pre-order the double pack or pre-order the game or what have you seen? So honestly, I haven't seen a lot of it. I know GameStop has sent a couple emails out, um, multiple vendors have been reaching out and they're like, hey, pre-order with us and we'll get it to you on day one. Or Amazon being, hey, pre-order with us and it'll arrive the day of. Which, when you live in the middle of nowhere like me, generally just means you're probably not getting it until two weeks later. <laughs> until, until, until the mailman has another reason to come by. And then like, oh yeah, hey, I had this for like a month and a half. Uh, so what were, like, what were the the items did, did you see anybody that was giving you like I haven't. Uh, the last game i remember seeing any with the promo items before was when rcs came out and that was the extra pack of beginning uh, equipment which was i think a couple, a couple different types of balls yeah and a potion or two yeah it was it was basic equipment so most of the things that i'm seeing for scarlet and violet are the same way and it makes me upset <laughs> i'm you know I'm spending 120, 100, I don't know if they're 60 or $70 games, but I'm spending, you know, triple digit money. If it's something that I can get very easily early on in the game, why do I want to buy from you? Right. 
And I don't understand why they're trying to incentivize. I know, and forgive me for bringing in other games, but we've all experienced the, oh, if I pre-order it, I'll be in the good. And then the game is suddenly dropped like a hot potato on day two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, looking at you, Anthem. Uh, <laughs> but... It feels like Pokemon's just jumping on the bandwagon of, hey, buy our game ahead of time. We want to know sales numbers well in advance because, hey, we trust that you want our stuff. And that's just not exactly the type of appeal I'd like to see them move. We know that as avid fans, we are inclined to buy their product almost regardless. Why spend the time and effort into these easy gimmicks when you could send us, you know, a couple new things at the end of the game, some post-game content, spend a little more on development and a little less on promo. Yeah, and especially when the promo, again, is something that's easy early game. So, and I'm not asking to, uh, you know, like, get the rare Terraform Charizard, you know, day one, you know, is my, is my thing. Like, um, you remember Speed Boost Blaziken being a promo item? The Torchic? Yeah. 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 So, like, that was kind of cool. Because it came as a Torchic, it just had a cool ability, and then you could use it. So, something like that, you know, it doesn't have to be dummy broken, like the, the you know, a Terraform Charizard that's super beneficial, but it's got to be better than potions and Pokeballs. Maybe even Quick quick Balls. Right. That's not that broken, is it? I don't think so in early game, because you're taking into account the speeds of Pokemon involved, which in early game... Everything's pretty close to even. Well, qu- uh, quick quick balls based on the turn, so it's oh yeah yeah. You're thinking of fastball. Either way, yep, I'm thinking fastball. Yeah, Sorry, I've been playing a different game. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that later. Yeah, but um, so I mean, because early on quick ball. So, but this this goes to say that quick balls are good because a you can save them for late game when you're trying to get some high level encounters. But it's not a broken thing in the sense that early game Pokemon are usually have a favorable catch rate. So if you want to give that to me, you know, for download or downloading a day one or buying it from you, that's something that I can save for late game. Or if I'm a kid playing it, I'm like, oh, blue ball. And I, you know, I just throw it and I'm like, oh, cool. I caught my, you know, whatever this version's Caterpie is. But I don't know. They, they need to give us more. Um, yeah, it's Steel in the comments says there's a Scarlet Violet promo in Japan that gives you a Pikachu card. That would be super cool. Um, I know I talk about it more than Ghost would like, but he's not here. Ha ha ha. Cardfight Vanguard, their, their physical release, uh, it comes with exclusive cards. Pokemon is one of the big three card franchises, so why not slap a card in there? You got one when you went back and saw uh, the, the Entei movie. You got one when you saw Pokemon the first movie. <laughs> yeah, Pokemon cards as movie promotions made so much more sense back in the day, and I miss for the life of me, so I'm going to tell a slightly horrific story if you're a major Pope fan. Um, I collected the card game during first edition and I had a complete set mm. of the first edition, including the promo view card mm-hmm. from the first movie uh-huh. that I proceeded to bury in a tin in the backyard of my old house. And it is now sitting under three solid feet of concrete. I will never see that tin again and it pains me every day I think about it. I'm having heart palpitations. I, uh, <laughs> you may have to do the rest of the show by yourself. I don't know. Oh, deep breaths, buddy. But promos, <sighs> I feel like promotional items are meant to be just that. There's, there's something special that you're supposed to enjoy and remember about it. When we look back, we remember that new card. We remember the gold cards at Burger King that came <sighs> in the big, shiny Pokemon. Yes, yes. Like, those are promos that I look forward to. Just an item pack seems like a cop-out and such an undersell Yeah, and such a long-running franchise. You know, one, one thing that I think might contribute to this is we're in a digital age. How many people that are buying a digital game would say, oh, if it doesn't come on a code card, I got gypped? You know what I mean? Right. But it could still be better than potions and Pokeballs. And that being said... We're not advocating NFTs. The Indigo Plateau Show condemns all NFTs in any form. Um, well, so 
there is one uh one retailer um i am off next friday specifically for the games because i'm a nerd slightly a little bit vanguard game comes out the the flu (laughs) (laughs) vanguard game comes out the day before so things are a little slow you you might see old woodland docs on twitch but um (laughs) the uh uh there's one retailer that does have a solid promo and my outfit is a hint I'll, I'll give you a guess. Hmm. I, um, it's, you're awfully red, and that's the only thing I can yep. go by. Uh-huh. Is what? it red, white, and blue all over? I don't know. <laughs> Target. Target has a wonderful uh, promo for uh, going in and buying the double pack. Yeah. And it is a uh, small figurine. It's like... um. I have them over there. I can't really get to them. Um, the, there's a ceramic Pikachu figure. It's maybe about two, two and a half, three inches wide. And it's just a small like ceramic figure. It's of the starters. Oh. And if you go, it's uh, one per customer. But if you buy the double pack, Target's giving you that, that figure. And I'm like, that's a really, really good promo. For sure. And that's something memorable that's only going to be at lunch. Right. And Target is going to get my money because of that. <laughs> and that's fair. And uh, we're going to use red card and get 5% back. It's going to be perfect. <laughs> the other part I like about Target and some of the promos that they do is that they continue to release promos as the games are going on. So we have all seen recently in honor of Ash winning his championship for the first time in Spoilers. the series, which only took forever. Uh, <laughs> they released his whole team as digital code. Yeah. But to get them, you had to visit certain retailers. Yeah. So now, what do you what do you think about those? Like, not just Target, but like GameStop or I th- I think didn't they give one to like Books a Million or somebody? They they give one to like a you know a non traditional gaming store. You know, like right. How do you feel about those? Like, come here and get a shiny or stuff like that. So while I like the idea that that helps drive sales for your local businesses, if you're trying to support your local GameStop or Wherever, if that's your only place to get games, great. Part of me feels like it cheapens the experience for those of us who can't easily access stores. Uh, the nearest target to me is 45 minutes. And if I don't have a babysitter, if I don't have time, I may not get there for two to three weeks to a month. And by that point, I've definitely missed the promo. The other part that I feel is that people who buy the game after its release, but around the same time as the promo... Sometimes get to lose out on some of the experience because they are gifted and overpowered Pokemon from day one. And yeah, it may not listen to you, but having Hoopa (laughs) start the game before gym number one seems like a really big mismatch and a little tone deaf to what you're trying to sell with the game and its experience. So that is one of the points I will give Sword and Shield even though I'm not a big uh, Sword and Shield fan. Um, the Gigantamax, Eevee, and Pikachu, you get them in the train station uh, when you reach the wild area, but their Gigantamax level is not full or complete or however you want to put it. So you still have to work for it. So you get them with the capability, but you have to work for it. I think that's absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. And that's a balancing thing that I'm glad they did with those. Yes. It's one thing to give a promo that is just for the sake of giving it. It's another thing to understand, hey, we want players to feel enfranchised by having played Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. But also we want them to not be steamrolling the whole game before they even get a chance to experience the story that we're trying to tell. It does irk me a little bit that they can't evolve. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Because, I mean, like Pikachu, sometimes I don't. Mine not evolving. Give him a light ball, watch him go. But um, my Eevee needs to evolve. <laughs> yeah, Umbreon best evolution hands down. But we'll go. We'll go anywhere else. That's a, that's another topic. Feel uh, real welcome in, friends. Hi. Um, so there's a, one other promo that it's not tied to the store uh, to a store. It is being done by Pokemon themselves, and I think it is it is perfect. Okay, because it can only be digital. And it rewards you for having been a fan of the franchise or, you know, a dedicated customer player. Did you see where they're offering you custom skins for your phone? Yes. 
I love that. It's customization. People go nuts over customization, but the ability to customize your phone because you've played something that that makes it so much cooler. Absolutely. Having, having that ability, that way to bring your experiences that you've already played through forward really makes it feel like, Hey, they may not know my name, but they care that I care. Yeah. I mean, like it's, you know, like, Jeff Bezos came and gave me a hug or something. Uh, <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw the fee for Prime leave my checking account. Next door, I get a knock at the door. You know, Bezos is giving me a hug. Um, shake, shake your hand. And, <laughs> good job. How's, how's the dogs? How's the wife? Huh? You, you want to go grab lunch? Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just watch Ocean's Eleven's last night. It's You are, in fact, correct. It's just, this guy's a machine. He comes in. He knows everybody's name. He knows what's going on. <laughs> it just just refers to you by your by your uh, your Amazon customer ID. Hello, customer eight four eight three nine two four. How are you? Like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> Jeff, you? I don't know. He, he's turning into Zucker at that point. Yeah, okay, okay. We'll have to move on. <laughs> um, no, I so I, I do think that retailer paired promos can definitely improve. Um, I'm not against getting a shiny whatever for visiting a store or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not super against that. Um, because those aren't limited supply. Like right. they can generate 50 billion shiny Charizards and that's not gonna, you know, it has no impact. So right. I don't know. I just think if I'm paying you all this money to your store, your store better lock in something solid. For sure. This is, it needs to be a joint operation between both the Pokemon company and the retailer. Yeah. It shouldn't just be something that can just be tossed out at the drop of a hat. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I obviously don't like, I don't know what contract target and the Pokemon company signed, but like, it feels like there might've been some competition for who's going to get our best promotion. You know, the Pokemon company is like, I will print, you know, how many ever statues for whatever retailer says they'll give me the best split of the revenue. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, or maybe they say, oh, our games have sold historically well at Target versus, you know, Walmart, Kmart, whatever you have around you. Um, but I don't, I, yeah, this is, I don't have the insight to that, but <laughs> I, I, I think Target must have did something special. Absolutely. But, well, uh, speaking of games selling and selling the games, let's transition to our next topic and let's go to some games that maybe you didn't exactly pay for. Uh, this is a way to say these Who are... does that? Hold on. There are some bad eggs around me that don't pay for their Pokemon games. I, for one, am shocked and too appalled. I would agree. Now, some of these most egregious offenders that I would call uh, ROM hacks, uh, let's call them that. Okay. Are things like Pokemon Radical Red or Pokemon Emerald Kaizo, uh, Things that you'll see people do Let's Plays of and Nuzlocks of. Uh, not to say that anyone would ever dare use non-official Pokemon games. Nah. But these are fan-based projects that are really just homages and works of art aimed at trying to help the community better express themselves and how they like to play the games. And for that reason that you just said right there. I am in favor of these horrible, horrible things. Uh, I, I, look, we we understand that it's a business, right? Like Game Freak, Pokemon Company, and Nintendo, you're a business. You are here to make money. If you give me everything I want all at once, I'm never giving my money ever again. If you make a complete game, it has all the fan list wants and wishes... What's my incentive for looking at you in two years, three years, when you release the next generation? Like, 50 new Pokemon? Okay, but come on. You can't give me all the quality of life, which I feel is the biggest change in most ROM hacks is quality of life improvements, um, such as, uh, you know, being able to... Well, you can access your PC from anywhere now. But, you know, that was one of, one of the big things is accessing your PC from anywhere, you know, adding to your party or sending to your PC when you catch something. So they're catching up. They're doing those things. But I feel like that was, like, the biggest incentive for folks to do ROM hacks in the first place. Right. And the Pokemon company has a set 
pattern that they have followed for years and years. Yes, we have had quality of life improvements over that time, but it's not always the way in which a ROM is made that I would say would behoove the company, the Pokemon company, to make it more like that. For instance, if you play a Pokemon game where it is a Nuzlocke, the Pokemon company isn't exactly enfranchised to have permadeath in a Pokemon game <laughs> to children. Whereas, you know, people who are, I'm going to say a little older than children, uh, at least physically, uh, <laughs> we may enjoy a little bit of masochism where, oh no, that lucky crit just completely tanked my team. I lost that game. I need to start over. That feels more like something that the Pokemon company, even though they may not look at it that way, we as people sometimes feel the need to see that. So would a hard mode fix that for you? Like, that's... that. So, like I said, that doesn't really speak to ROM hacks. That speaks to Nuzlocke. Because I can Nuzlocke uh, Scarlet and Violet next week. I could. Because that's just uh, an imposed rules set a harder you know to make a harder challenge for you so i don't that's not exactly with roms i think that like radical red so we'll you know we'll talk about some specific rom hacks that we've heard of people playing um but uh that's one of the key things is there's a hardcore mode so that speaks to the challenge and it's what drives you to play it so you'll see a lot of YouTubers and people who have posted playthroughs and analyses of videos of people doing those lots of playthroughs. Uh, Emerald Kaizo, similarly to Radical Red, is considered a super hard version of Emerald. <laughs> it just straight up murders you if you're not <laughs> ready for it. Yeah, I've heard that. <clears throat> but, so, I, I think they are good... Because it gives, obviously, Nintendo's not going to find every single one of them, but it gives them something to look at, you know? Like, if if they see all the creators who are, you know, playing their game on day one when they release Scarlet and Violet, and then, you know, like, six months later, they're like, oh, let's see if this guy's still enjoying the game. And all of a sudden, he's out there playing Unbound. They're like, oh, wait a minute, this totally stole our trademarks, but it has a point in this aspect. Right. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not against them. I'm not. No. I, as somebody who has spent the better part of two decades now uh, working online and in the online space, um, ROM hacks and ROMs, yes, it is, I'm going to say, a morally gray area to me. A lot of these things are art. Are, they are expressions where you may not have expected it to be that way. But they are. Um, there are instances of crossovers where you get a Pokemon-type game that has been ROM-hacked, quote-unquote, over to be Digimon or Dragon Ball Z or... There, there's a Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon game. Cool stuff. Exactly. <laughs> which which I, I watched, and it's actually really fun. <laughs> and that's, to me, it's one of those where you're like, oh, that's really cool, and it mixes two things that I'm really interested in. Yeah. Now... On the reverse side of that, sometimes you get games that were never intended to be Pokemon that become Pokemon. Yeah, any 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 monster catching sim, and you just oh my goodness, <laughs> oh they copy Pokemon. Well, kind of. <laughs> the big ones that I know of are uh, Pixelmon, which I don't know how many of the members of our chat and community are Minecraft fans, but Pixelmon is Pokemonecraft, and so cool. you've got boss battles and multiple people. You've got all sorts of things, but you've got Pokemon from Bulbasaur all the way to the seventh gen, I believe is the last one that yeah, I don't uh, think I was updated gen to. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. Uh, but for instance, you can have a level 70 Mewtwo spawn into your world as a raid boss in that, similar to an Ender Dragon in Minecraft. And that's just something that Pokemon will have a really hard time duplicating because you don't get that same creation aspect. You're not building your house, your fortress in the world of Pokemon. You have secret bases, but you're not. It's a very different feel. Yeah. And just real quick to, to credit Steve in the chat, 
when we're talking about hard moments in Pokemon games, nothing, there hasn't been anything since Cynthia clapped you. Um, everything <laughs> Diamond and Pearl on has been fairly easy. Uh, Sun and Moon was a cakewalk for me, but that's that's on that's that's on the difficulty end of the topic. But um, so Pixelmon is Pixelmon is amazing to me because you took two gigantic franchises. I mean, two of the kings, you know, they're, they're sitting up on the thrones laughing at you. You know, smashed them together, and they took the time to put all the mechanics in there. Like... And the biomes, and yeah. the ability to find Pokemon where you would expect them to be. It It's a very lowly, uh, lowly rendered uh, <laughs> version of what I'm hoping Scarlet and Violet to be. So, and it looks like it could be. But I, I think that Pixelmon is absolutely incredible because you can have servers with your friends, you can join a public server. So it's not like you have to wait for a new game, every t- a new release every time. You have the base game, you have patches, and then you're in there. You can, and Because it's Minecraft, you can create a new seed. Right. And there are already... So Pixelmon's been released for a little bit. But you have a community that's dedicated to modding Pixelmon even yes. then. And that's, that makes it so cool. Yeah, and that, that's that's another reason why it's so amazing, because all these people came together. But then, on the opposite of things, you have games that are almost solo built, like Radical Red. The um, I believe it's cool. cool uh, when I've seen people play it, I believe the intro says by Koala 04 or something like that. And he's like, if you pay for this, you got scammed. And it's just like, yep, that's right. Because, you know, this is supposed to be a free game for the community to enjoy. And they do keep coming out with patches. Um, I believe they just released a patch last week or so I've heard. And the, uh, uh, you know, it increased difficulty of the AI. It's got hardcore. Mo- it has a randomizer built into the game. Right. And that's nothing you're going to find. You're not going to see Game Freak do that for 700 or 800 and some Pokemon now. I, I hear me out. I don't know. Nobody spoil anything. Um, <clears throat> Eddie talks to chat like I was their dad. Um, hey. <laughs> nobody spoil anything. But <laughs> get back to bed. Based on the uh, way that we unlocked Gimme Ghoul, mm-hmm. I feel like Gimme Ghoul is going to be Pokemon 999 and they're going to leave us on the edge until Gen 10. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that being the case. I, I think that's going to happen. Nobody spoil it. Um, so, back to Remhex. So, Fire Red... <laughs> or Radical Red, is, you know, it's based off Fire Red Leaf Green. Um, he put the Mega Dens in there, Mega Evolution, Z-Crystal. All the gimmicks are there. Um, and it is genuinely tough, even without Hardcore Mode. Because, uh, I mean... Now there's a setting for everything. You can select easy mode, you can select hardcore mode, you can select no grinding, you can select uh, randomized abilities, randomized learn sets, randomized uh, ma- mons, random? obviously. Does it randomize evolutions? I don't uh, know no, it doesn't. That or not. No. Okay. But the bosses always stay the same. Right. So you could get a randomized Mewtwo with I don't know, pure power. You know, <laughs> pure power Mewtwo is your starter. But the bosses are still going to have their difficult Pokemon to handle. And if I were to try, I, I don't think I could get past Surge. Just a hunch. <laughs> I don't I don't think that I could probably get past Surge. But um sneaking suspicion. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I really appreciate that about Radical Red is that they've continued to build upon what they started with. They've added yes. the Z-Crystals. They've added the, the Mega Dents. Yeah. Now, on the converse side of that, similar to Pixelmon, we have Pokemon Wilds. Now, Pokemon Wilds is a D-make almost that is all the way back to the style and art of gold, crystal, and silver on the Game Boy Color. The caveat being is that you are basically wandering around, building it out like Minecraft. And you have a procedurally generated world that has every Pokemon from Gen 1 through, I believe, Gen 7 in it now. And that world, you can find 
eggs laying around that you can pick up only to be attacked by a Nidoking king and Nidoking queen because oh hey it's their baby, their baby. <laughs> and it's a it's an experience that it's different from how traditional pokemon feels similar to how people said that legends of arceus was going to reinvent the series it is a different direction than what the pokemon company would normally take what game freak decides but it is a refreshing take that makes you remember that oh my gosh, remember that first time you were playing Silver and you saw that weird tree and it turned around and attacked you as a Pokemon. It gives the same feeling because you will find berry trees that you're like, that is totally a cherry berry tree and I know that tree. And the second you click on it, it turns around and attacks you and it's another Pseudowoodo. And you're just like, but why? (laughs) Oh, I, that, was, that was one thing I like was that uh, yeah that was one of the trials in Sun and Moon wasn't it where you had to go through the forest and get stuff and you had to pick out which one was a pseudo or not a pseudo yeah correct um, yeah so and stuff like that I mean even throwing it back to the pixel because don't get me wrong but I'm pretty sure there's no official ROM hack for anything 3DS or higher obviously there's randomizers and then there's something else which I'll get into in a minute but these people are touching old games right they're not touching the modern stuff that you're gonna go to gamestop and pick up off the shelf they're touching old stuff they're not trying to sell anymore if you if you can find a store you know selling brand new emerald cartridge for you know 60 bucks congrats to you (laughs) you go play go play the powerball (laughs) but strange enough uh the local game store that i have near my house which seems bizarre i'll do a shout out on a different episode but the local game store up here actually buys and refurbishes old game consoles and games. Cool. They have a silver, a blue, and a yellow cartridge. All three of those cartridges, not a single one is going for less than $100. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> that's but, just how it is. Yeah. And that, that, that's part of what makes this okay to me is that they, yes, they're taking something that's not their work and making, you know, making it their work. But, it's old stuff. It's not current selling stuff. You're not going to hurt Nintendo's bottom line. You're just not. Because any any cartridge out there is not owned by Nintendo right now. <laughs> right. And Nintendo has forfeited that right because they no longer produce it. If they were still producing cartridges today, then it would be a different story. Right. But these are things that are hitting a secondary market, similar to trading cards. Yeah. Yeah. The Pokemon Company... They get a profit when they sell a fresh pack of cards. If you're buying singles from TCG Player or another local game store... Or with the docks. Like, or with the docks. <laughs> uh, you are likely not affecting their bottom line at all. You're just supporting whoever's making that sale. Right. And, you know, because if, if that was a thing, like, then all these conventions you go to, all these card shops you go to that, you know... Like, just a couple months ago, I bought those uh, sealed fossil decks. Yep. And I'm just like, you know, if it, it's not hurting Nintendo anymore, and obviously I wasn't going to steal them because I would, you know, hurt the store that owned it. Uh, shout out uh, Triple Play. Um, but it's not bad that it's still out there and that someone else is taking it, making it their own. So right. while I'm not modifying the cards... That's kind of the same thing. It's an old product that Nintendo has already sold. It's off their books. They're done. Or, well, not that case, Pokemon Company, but yeah. Wow. So, another ROM hack that some have enjoyed, some lowlifes have enjoyed, is uh, called Pokemon Unbound. So, Unbound is something I would never, ever expect Pokemon Company to do. No matter how many times Ghost Type Ghost says he wants a, like, horror-themed, you know, Pokemon game. If anyone's played or watched Unbound, you know it goes a little bit far. (laughs) It's very difficult, but it has a lot of very adult theme. Not, like, X-rated stuff, but violence and paraphernalia and stuff like that is in the game. And, you know, when you are a adult, you know the difference between, you know, parody, comedy, movie scripting, whatever, and real life, so you can make your decisions. But that's something that I could see Pokemon Company shutting down in a heartbeat, but they haven't. Because they're taking something kid-friendly and turning it very un-kid-friendly. 
Absolutely. And the Pokemon company has a history of trying to shut down things that are yeah. not within their realm. Um, there was a Pokemon fan project a while back that was for an open world Pokemon game. And it was very well supported. The developers didn't charge anyone for it. But the Pokemon company shut them down. Cease and desist. Now, they tried to do that with another game that we're going to touch on here that started out as a fan project that has morphed into its own setup. And that is Temtem. So, Docs, I don't know what you know about Temtem. Um, I've watched the, what do you call it, trailer uh, on the PlayStation Store. Uh, I've seen some people post clips or pictures, whatnot. Um, haven't delved into it myself because, you know, PKM and full life. But... Oh, show, oh, show. <laughs> uh, so Temtem is essentially designed to be a Pokemon competitor. You don't use balls, per se. You use a little card to capture your monster or your Temtem. And it it has some differences, but the inspiration is very clear. Yes. And it's things like that, those fan projects that turn into full-blown releases, that I think the Pokemon company has stifled for too long, and it has sort of stagnated them. If they had been more receptive and more willing to have healthy competition... And I'm not talking a Pokemon Digimon rivalry. I'm a 90s kid, and I will fight all of you. <laughs> but I'm referring to things like a healthy competitor in the same space. That would make a world of difference. So do you think that, compared to these fan games that they see, do you think that would that is more, um, more of a force to get them to improve other items? Or do you think that having... T- Tons of fan games versus one legit competitor. So the thing that I think drives their bottom line is if they cannot get a game ceased and desisted through legal matters or through legal actions, then it is a legitimate competitor. And that forces them to evaluate why some of our fan base chooses to go to that game over what we already offer. I don't think the fan games, the fan ROMs, and the things that are based on old tech is enough for them to really evaluate it as, oh, we need to evaluate how we do things. I think having legitimate competitors drives that business model and gets them to say, oh, yeah, we need to improve this. They're able to do this on half the budget we have, if not way less. Way, way less for some of these. Yeah. Integrated it. yeah. And... I, and I, I'm actually on the same side of the fence as you with this argument, because there's money at stake. What speaks louder to a company than money? So if their money's walking out the door, they're going to pay attention. If they're going to play a fan game, you know, in between Gen 8 and Gen 9, uh, well, I guess Arceus, but, you know, in between Arceus and Scarlet Violet, if you're out there playing... Radical Red or Emerald Kaizo or uh, back in the day there was a guy named Drayano that made a lot of them. Uh, Drayano ROM hacks were tough. Those ones I tried. I'll admit that I tried those ones. They were <laughs> like, you cannot leave the gym after entering it. All sorts of different stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, hard, hard stuff. But um, they're not losing money to those guys. So they're like, oh, I guess, you know, this kind of keeps Pokemon in the forefront of their, you know, my, my shiny YouTube distribution at GameStop didn't do it. But these people are still looking at, you know, our creations they are still looking at our monsters and they're not trying to make money. And that's why, you know, they might not want to go cease and desist on them because it's free advertising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd love me some free advertising. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, subscribe now. Um, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, okay. I think overall the different types of pokemon games out there the different types of pokemon fan games out there the variety at the end of the day is only good for us as consumers it is only good for us as fans of the product this is something that the more we have available to us the more time we can spend doing things we love with the icons of our childhood whether that be a fat pikachu that you remember from yellow or if you're a new player and you're in franchise you're looking at Zamzetta in Pixelmon. Or a fat Fue Coco. Today's plushie of the day. Trademark with the docs. 
Coco Bester. <laughs> <laughs> My new emote spells differently, but um, yeah, no, it's <laughs> it, it is it's very it's healthy. It's not you know again they're not going after recent product. Um, the last thing that I do want to t- talk about actually does go after recent product. So let me know if your <clears throat> your feelings on this. Um, actually, no. That there's there's two things. Uh, one not recent. One uh, one very recent. So, I, something I just watched today. My favorite content creator engaged in something where it was fire red leaf green, but it was multiplayer. You had two people playing in the same game. If they faced a trainer, you didn't have to face that trainer. And they also had some other self-imposed rules. So, something like that, I think, is incredible because they're just, it's an older game. Right. It's the equivalent of, and I would never have ever heard of this anywhere else, but it's the equivalent of like a soul link or a cage match. And that is something that I feel just drives the creativity of the community further. Because you can set up two completely different teams. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. That, that's exactly what he was doing today, by the way. He was doing a Soul Link. Uh, but it was, it was a Soul Link in the same game. Um, but, so, like, that was... A, I just saw that today for the first time ever, and it's absolutely cool. But now, the other thing that does touch modern product that I think could hurt the company, um, but also could, again, be free advertising. Um, a lot of content creators are on the trend now of custom Pokemon. In the sense that they get the file out of, you know, they, they dump the file out of the game. You know, you catch, you catch Totodile, you catch Mimikyu. And they say, okay, I'm going to keep the base form of Totodile, the color scheme of Mimikyu, this guy's abilities, this guy's moveset. Then they dump the file, open up Photoshop or some program that I'm not smart enough to use, and put, you know, reskin Totodile with Mimikyu's color palette. And then reassemble the file, put it back into the game. Mm. That so, I enjoy watching, but I think that's crossing the line just a little bit. It, that feels a step too far to me. Yeah. I, it's all fun and games. I understand that. But you're eventually going to get people who are... You're, you're very, very close to that borderline uh, copyright infringement. And it's... You're, you're toying with things that... Yeah, everybody jokes that, oh my gosh, if you could make Ninjask into a normal type, and it's just, you you make it something that has no real weaknesses, except for one, all of a sudden you have an unkillable Ninjask. And to me, that you're breaking the fun of the game. At that point, yes, you get to be creative. You get to say, oh my gosh. I want to take this Gengar and this Magmortar and fuse them together. And then you get this nightmarish looking thing that has a grin the size of your body, <laughs> but the flaming head of Magmortar. And it is there. There's not enough bleach. <laughs> yeah. so, well, design wise, I think that is great. But to alter, a, you know, like fa- fan art is the, is the term that I'll use. If you want to, Point, like one of the favorite fusions that I've seen is a Gorgeist on a Snorlax, so his belly is just the face, and it looks so it looks so good. And most of these do look really good, but to me, that's fan art that shouldn't be used in the game. Right. So there is a there's a very fine line between fan art and going too far. Yes. And that being said, there is fan art that goes too far, but we. <laughs> this episode no this, uh, this is a uh, nice and friendly podcast um for what uh, yeah okay. what <laughs> um but yeah so I, I i think overall rom hacks fan creativity good don't steal someone else's work just don't credit your artists i just gave two folks artist badge today in my in my uh my twitch profile um so that we open, they pop in. I use their emotes, so now they have the artist badge. Um, always credit your artists, guys. That's not a skill set everybody has. Appreciate the artists in your life, please. Give credit where credits do. Yeah, I mean, like there's the docs. Uh-huh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was to say there's there's accountants and techies, but then there's artists who actually know what they're doing. 
So before we move on to our last topic, I have to say one thing. Your lack of intake of water is heroic. I have <laughs> almost emptied this entire bottle just by choking because I'm talking so much. So congratulations to you. Um, for I'm not part camel, so that's you don't see it because of the chair. Uh. <laughs> speaking of camels, speaking of camels, okay? What a segue. Speaking of camels, um, in the Silver Tempest set of the TCG that comes out tomorrow, mm-hmm. there's a ditto card. It's actually ditto card, but the art is all numbles, and the one numble just has the ditto face. <laughs> I love it. So I, uh, yes, (laughs) there there was a store I was at last week and that he got it a week early. I'm like, bro, you're breaking street date. Uh, he's like, no, it's a pre-release. I'm like, okay. Uh, I bought three packs. I didn't get anything too good, but, uh, I was, I was, I was hoping for that numble. Uh, it was three, three, three packs for 10. So, but, um, all right, well, let's, let's take it home here. So like I, I have s- this wonderful oh. transition for you. Oh, transition so, transition away while I unblur. Exactly. So you were just talking about Ditto. Now, one of the beautiful things about the Pokemon universe is you have these amazing creatures like Ditto that can be anything you want them to be. Looking at you, Chad. Be good. Behave. Okay. So you have all of these great things and this wonderful creative world. We wanted to know what a children's show in the Poke universe would look like. <laughs> now, to to me, kids' show, first kids' show you can think of, first one off the top of my head is a 90s kid, Sesame Street. Sesame Street was the building blocks for a lot of us. And if you have Ditto in Sesame Street, just Ditto, <laughs> all of a sudden, all of your <laughs> letters and numbers, it can turn into them right away. Snap a finger and Ditto is an A. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Love Ditto. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> you have Crobat the Count. You have Snorlax the Cookie Monster or Munchlax the Cookie Monster. You have so many things that would be so cool to see. And we just wanted to look back on these things and be like, hey, if you were a kid, what would be the Saturday morning cartoon that you would be watching? Case in point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mine's not a Saturday morning cartoon. But, uh, <laughs> but if, oddly enough, Futurama did do an episode where they were three different Saturday morning kid cartoons, like each segment of the show. Mm-hmm. They, they did G.I. Joe, uh, like a Dr. Seuss kind of thing, and, uh, I don't know, like uh, like an anime style one. It was it's one of my favorite episodes of Futurama. But um, so I so one show that I want to create or, or it's not really create as it is adapt a show kind of like you just did to the po- to the Pokeverse. So I remember watching Looney Tunes and seeing the you know the animation. You know, like oh man, this was out when my grandparents grew up and. You know, you were just... But then, you had this amazing reinventing of the wheel. Baby Toons? Tiny Toons. Tiny Toons. Yes, uh, it's Baby Toons. Tiny Toons. It's alliteration. If it's, if it's for kids, it has to have alliteration. Um, so, so Tiny Toons. And I want just all the baby Pokemon. I want Cleffa. I want Pichu. I want Igglybuff. I want Magby. Elekid, uh, uh, I want them all to be Tiny Toons. That's what I... What's cuter than that? I, I will give you that one. That one I hadn't considered. <laughs> I Baby Pokemon and Tiny Toons just fits perfectly together. Yeah, and they're like, they're diverse, like, uh, so what, you got Lola and Bugs, so... What Clef and Igglybuff kind of look like, you know, kind of look like each other, right? And then the rest are, you know, all the individual animals, you know, Daffy and the hen. What's the, what's the hen's name? The rooster. Uh, oh, Falcon Lightbringer. Yeah, Falcon. Yeah, I say, I say, I say, yeah, that guy. Oh, uh, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, you ha- so you have two that look alike, and you know, Clef and Igglybuff aren't really the same species, but they look alike. And then the rest are all unique individuals. And I think it's an absolutely perfect fit. I would wake up every Saturday and watch that. You could have an you could have a, an Azuril and a Magby chasing each other around Wiley e. Coyote style. Exactly. Uh, 
And the uh, you know the Magni can just do the uh, do a Naruto run and just you know put his <laughs> just whoa. You have Taz the Illic and uh... <laughs> it's oh, yeah. It writes itself. Uh, yeah, <laughs> man. If if they weren't trademark characters, I'd be rich after this sh- after the show. But um, well, in, in the same vein as that, uh, so we all know the friendliest ghost of our childhood. Ghost that ghost. Oh, well, he was pretty friendly as a kid. I'm just, I'm just I saying. Know him as, I didn't know him as a kid. I knew him as well, sort of an adult. Maybe just a slightly bigger kid. College kids uh, aren't adults. Yeah, no, we're not. <laughs> But we have an almost parallel in the Poké universe already, and that is Rotom, the friendliest ghost. Yes, <laughs> he might so, he might he might not have a friendly shape, but he is friendly and energetic, and yeah. That's why we have the Rotom decks, and all of the neat things that we already have in the Poké universe could just lend itself to it. I think I I think that's a really good pick. <laughs> I like it's it. It's one of those that you just have to kind of sit back and you're like. Oh, if I was a kid, what did I watch all the time? Now, how do I adapt that? So you suddenly have Power Rangers, but the Megazords are Dragonite and Swellow and all of these giant mech Pokemon combining. Oh, um, or even like Phalanx and Dogtrio, you know, Pokemon that are multiple units. Absolutely. Oh, that'd be so cool. Well, I, I, I have another one that I'd like to do. So, um, if Steel's still in chat, I was talking to him earlier about this, and my big show when I was a kid, um, mid-kid, so not, not one to five, but like five to eight, was Blue's Clues. Now, what Pokemon could play Blue? I personally enjoy a good Quaxley, but he's not a dog, so I'm not going to lock into Quaxley. But which, which, do I, would you think maybe Growlithe? I like it, see, as an old 90s kid, that would be my first pick. But I think the more appropriate pick by today's standards would be Yamper. A Yamper was my second, yeah. Because Yamper, like, Yamper is more monocolored than Growlithe. You know, so blue was just shades of blue. Yamper is more or less just shades of yellow and slate brown, so. Exactly. And I feel like Yamper would be a good parallel to that or you do Clifford the big red dog and it's just a giant gorilla yeah, yeah that was, I was just because there, there's plenty of dog shows as kids so you know you just pick whatever dog looks closest throw them in there but Blue's Clues was my favorite as a kid I would you know sit there and sing along you know we just gotta let it like you know I'd, I'd be sitting there grooving in my little chair with my apple juice you know unless my dad took it from me but um that's real story by the way um there's there's a video of me as a baby and um, my, I guess I had a thing for apple juice. I still do. But uh, my dad drank the apple juice, like walked in the room, saw me crying, drank the apple juice and walked away. And I was like, Dad! <laughs> so I, I, I still give him a hard time today. <laughs> Old blooded, like straight up. <laughs> oh, hey, he's in the chat. So see, he... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I still give him a hard time today. And every once in a while, he'll just show up with a bottle of apple juice. But like, here, shut up. <laughs> Just give me the apple juice. <laughs> but, um... So. I also have one more show that I have, that I conceived. <laughs> now, we talked about kids' shows, and as a kid, I didn't have cable. Okay. So, I probably watched shows that I wasn't exactly meant to watch, like, you know, the X-Files. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not just like, wait a minute! Wait, you, you, days, there's, there's a lot of heavy sci-fi on the four channels that we got on our antenna. <laughs> And one of those shows was the old reruns of The Twilight Zone. Exactly. And with the reinvention of it with George Peel and everything that's been lately, my thought was, what does The Twilight Zone look like to the Pokemon universe? It's a world without Pokemon. It's a world where it's just normal people going about their lives, but there's no Pikachu power. And it is the most bizarre thing I could think of. It's like... Dungeons and Dragons playing humans in houses, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I can you know I can see like um, it, well I mean people have drawn you know small cartoons and stuff where it's like you know Ash is sitting by a fire with his Pikachu 
and he's got a Game Boy equivalent, and it's like, wow, deer. You know, it's just a regular deer on the screen. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's that's pretty good. So I imagine that that's kind of like what that would be, is, you know, uh, you know, someone has a regular dog, and it doesn't breathe fire, and, you know, they have, you know, the when the bat bites you, you get a two-year pandemic. You know, that kind of thing. Oh, oh, oh. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I could totally see that happening. I don't know if it's exactly a kid's show, but you watched it as a kid, so I'm going to let it I'm going to count it. It counts. Um, then the very last... Oh, my childish ways now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now we're just bigger kids. So the last thing that I think is going way down the rabbit hole... Uh, there's no pun intended. I just want to make it sound that way. Uh, I already talked about Looney Tunes. But in the Pokemon universe, is there an equivalent of Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Digimon for the kids? I would have to imagine there is. But, but what is it? And that's the weird part. So I can only liken it because it's a 90s kid. I chose to embrace all of these things, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Digimon. And in the Digimon games, the Digimon universe, which seems weird to say, they have the Digimon trading card game within the universe. You collect the cards, you play the game, same as what you do in real life. So I almost feel like Pokemon has the Pokemon trading card game, but it's like baseball cards. You're collecting, you're collecting because it's a baseball cards. I got my Stantler rookie card. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, did you see my Charizard card? It's level 58, so it's got flamethrower, it's got fire blast, it's got fly, and it's got seismic toss. No way. Like, yeah, I, just... <laughs> I, you know, I, I would, I would, I would love that to just like, even for an episode nowadays, if they just, you know, played a joke, because my, one of my favorite things is self-referential humor. So, uh, you know, if you, if you, if you're a huge franchise and you can poke funny at yourself, you know, that's just, you know, makes me laugh on end. So, you know, even, even if they did something, in, you know, in a, in a modern episode where it's, well, like league cards, they had league cards in Galler, uh, Galler? Right? I think so. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you had, you had your league card where you posed and it did stats and all that stuff. So that's kind of like it. But, um, you know, in, in their universe, I, I think there'd have to be some sort of Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! Digimon equivalent for, oh, sure. I mean, they've all been around for 30-ish years. Uh, not saying that we're over 30, but um, it's been around for 30-ish years. Uh, at least at least 20 for each of them. So that's to say that something of that genre would have staying power with kids in a whole another you know, hypothetical timeline. So... Uh, there have to be something. It's it's gotta be it's gotta be sort of like that. Um, but well, yeah. much like the staying power of those games, uh, unfortunately, we are getting close to the end of our hour. Yeah, right? we don't have that kind of staying. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, guys, we do. Tw- Twenty years from now, if I'm still here doing this, a why has nobody contacted my therapist? B uh, <laughs> thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Twenty years from now, you. Uh, <laughs> or to seeing you again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but, uh, guys, that's going to be it for tonight. Uh, again, Ghost was not here due to work obligations, but um, thankfully, not Ghost Type Ghost was here to help uh, <laughs> step in, and I didn't have to do a solo episode, because um, if... Oh, my, my water's gone. My water's just gone. If this was a solo episode, I would have made it halfway through or had to bring, like, four waters. But uh, everybody make sure to think. Animask, Animask is always behind the scenes on the show. Uh, idea man, and then I just tell you all I came up with it, and you believe me, because he's never here to defend himself. So, As normal type normal. Exactly. I'm so happy to help, <laughs> and it's been great hanging out with you guys tonight. I uh, hope we make it back a couple episodes from now, but we'll see once what. uh what time brings on yes so now we're gonna we're gonna roll reverse to close it out here is there any platform that you could think of to tell the folks to find us at definitely face beam it's Uh, it is actually yes um (laughs) guys make sure you go find the show on podbean google Podcasts, samsung Podcasts, apple podcasts uh grandma's grandma's podcast spotify yeah it's anywhere you can listen to stuff okay the video clips do go up on youtube um who doesn't want to see this more um this this is actually the first time i've seen animask's face so uh (laughs) the illusion shattered exactly i 
I I thought you'd, I thought you'd be taller, but uh, <laughs> you know this is a mask. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys one more time for being here. Appreciate it. Next week, Ghost Type Ghost will be back. You will be interrupting me playing the first Vanguard game ever. But uh, the next day I'm off and I get to play Scarlet Valid all day. So I will catch you guys next week. Thank you for being here. And uh, bye. Take care, everybody.